Today on Indie Book Talk, we're discussing what we talk about when we talk about indie books. Hello, I'm Emma G. Rose, author of Contemporary Fantasy and Mythological Weirdness. Hi, I'm Shell Shearer, author of Urban Fantasy and Cozy Mysteries. Welcome to Indie Book Talk. Join us as we explore the expanding universe of indie books. So, uh, Shelley. Yeah. What do you think of when we talk about indie books? Like, what's your vision of an indie book? For me, an indie book would be anywhere where the individual is the overall creative power and director behind the book. They, they write it. They do the publicity. They, they do everything or hire people that work for them to do those items for them rather than having one of the big publishing houses take over the book and run it for them. What that about That makes you? sense. Okay. Well, yeah, I think, I mean, we all understand, right, how traditional publishing works more or less. There's the big five, Penguin, Penguin Random House, I guess they're kind of one, Hatchet, HarperCollins, Simon & Schuster, and Macmillan. Mm-hmm. And if you're traditionally published, you write a query letter, you find an agent, the agent tries to sell your book to one of these five, and then... They publish your book. Hooray. You make that sound so easy. I that, know. That's a, a sweat-inducing, agonizing process. <laughs> I know. Query letters are like my kryptonite. I don't, I don't, I don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> but so that's, that's actually like part of the point is that these five, partially because there's only five, but also because they're huge companies, they end up kind of acting as gatekeepers. Mm-hmm. And they don't mean to, you know, they're not sitting around a table going, oh, how do we keep out the riffraff, right? They're, (laughs) well, I I don't think they're doing that anyway. I mean, I don't. But they've got their formulas. They know formula B sells and that's what they want to find. Right. So their decisions are based on what they think is going to be popular. And for them, popular means sales in the millions. So your niche things or your, the things that don't fit those formulas are going to be hard to sell. Exactly. But, but they're not the only ones publishing. There are hundreds of small presses and individual authors out there who are putting out new books all the time. Some of those books might not have mass appeal. You know, you're not selling millions of copies, but readers love them. And you can make a very comfortable relationship with readers when there are a thousand of them. Right. And they may be avid fans. Versus you know, the random person that's just going to pick it up and maybe drop it after a couple chapters. Exactly. These are the diehard fans. These are the giving it to everyone they know fans. Those right. are, you know, you don't need a lot of those in order to have a really amazing career as a writer. It's just harder because you have to do all the work yourself. Right. Right. And that is, I mean, that's something you have to kind of be prepared for and be willing to do. But I think for me, the payoff is that I do have full creative control of my book and I get to pick the cover. Have you ever, so the thing that really bugs me is when you pick up a book and on the cover is like a blonde woman wearing a pink dress and she's standing next to a horse (laughs) and then you read the book and she's like a Hispanic woman living in the Bronx and she's never seen a horse. I was like, have you even looked at the blurb of this book? Really? (laughs) Right. And you know that somebody's like, oh, well, this is a romance. So this is what we put on the cover. But 
I want my book covers to tell me what the book is. You know, I want them to, to kind of, to get me excited about what I'm going to see. And I don't want it to feel like a bait and switch. Right. Now, to be fair, I don't think many publishers are doing that. And I think covers have gotten a lot better in the last decade. But still, they take a lot of that control away from you. I mean, they basically tell you uh, this one or this one versus you telling them what you'd want to see. Right. You're a powerful, you've got a powerful presence in the writing world. This brings up something that I, I think is really important when we talk about indie too, is that I hate the phrase or the word, I guess, the term self-publishing. Mm. I hate it. And here's why. Now you can, if, if you want to think of yourself as self-published, if that makes you feel good, that's totally cool. I'm not trashing anybody using that word, but I can't use it for myself. Because for me, it conjures up visions of like a poorly Xerox folio sold out of the back of someone's car. That's kind of the stereotype. It had been for the longest time. Right. Because there weren't the amazing tools that we have today. You know, I prefer indie publishing because it kind of puts us on equal footing with indie music or indie fashion. It's not lesser quality. It just might have more niche appeal. Right. No, I can see that. And I mean, granted, there are still a lot of self-publishing people out there that are just knocking out a book every other day and that are still maybe making the, the concepts of self-publishing, not the, the ideal verbiage. Mm -hmm. um, but there are also people out there that are self-publishing books that, you know, would sell millions if they'd gone the publishing route or can do it on their own. Right, right. And I think self-publishing, the, the term self-publishing isn't an honest description. Because very few authors personally perform every single step in the publishing process. Now, there are some, but most of them don't. So at bare minimum, most of us hire cover designers and copy editors. Yeah, you almost have to. I, I think it's the rare author that could do everything themselves. Because you want an editor to look at it at some point if you're going to put it out there for people to read. Right, right. Like, we'll have a whole podcast episode, I think, on <laughs> editors and why you please, please use them. Um, because it is all of us kind of at stake here. You know, if you're out there and you're an independent publisher, you want to be of quality. And a copy editor will do that for you. But we're not going to get too deep into that. My point is that there are people out there who are self-publishing or indie publishing, as I prefer, mm -hmm. who have PR teams, who have layout artists, who have illustrators, process editors. The more books you sell, the bigger your budget becomes, and the more you can invest in these tools to help you. And so I think when you say self-published, it implies that you're alone. True. You could have a whole team. Exactly. And not, not to mention, you didn't even go into the social media aspect. Oh, yeah. That, that's huge. People need people for that. Yeah. Because if you try to write books, especially m lots of books, and also manage your own social media, you will go insane. It, I, <laughs> I feel like it's a horror story waiting to happen. So I actually already have, I have a, a PR person who helps me with getting on other people's podcasts, but also does the posting on my social. Now I write most of the posts, but she does the physical mechanics of putting them online. Make sure it's all scheduled and out there. So yeah, I mean, self-publishing or indie publishing, what we're really talking about, I guess, is that they're all very quality works, but we want to make sure this podcast 
features them because they're not getting those interviews and and that publicity that the major five publishing houses are giving. Exactly. There are actually, you know, there are podcasters out there, there are bloggers out there, there are book reviewers out there who will specifically say on their site, we do not review indie books. But we do. But we do. We totally do. Tell me about your book. I want to read it. As long as it's fiction and it's indie, I'm, I'm all over it. So I think that, that there's almost a prejudice that comes from that, you know, that, that vision of the person selling poorly Xerox folios out of the back of their car. And we are not that anymore. No, it's a whole new world for indie. Yes. So this is the podcast about the whole new world of indie. That's right. Indie Book Talk is brought to you by Imperative Press Books, a Maine-based indie publishing house owned by Emma G. Rose. We help indie authors find their fan base and share their stories. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, and please join us next week when we find out what Emma's been reading.